Good morning, Thrive Church. I'm glad that all of you are here this morning. I want, I want to welcome all those who are watching our services online in the 715 area code. We are so glad that you are with us and connecting with us this morning. And we want all of those who are watching online to, to let you know we're grateful that you chose to join us in this service, but we want you to know it is much better in person. And so we would love for you to join us. So my heart, I want to get started this morning, my heart is heavy. I, I, I kind of tried to take a season to just not watch so much news, but the current world events have caught my attention. And we just sang some pretty powerful songs here, just good reminders of how great our God is. And the Word of God says that if His people would just take a moment and pray, if we would just humble ourselves, if we would just seek God's face, that he heals nations. And I believe not only our nation, but there's nations, the nation of Afghanistan, the nation of Haiti. There are people right now who are buckling up for hurricane coming there. I was praying this morning, God, just be, let that hurricane just dissipate right now in front of our eyes. Can we just stop and pray? Can we do that in, in the name of Jesus? There is no other name but the name of Jesus. And we call upon you, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Healer, our Miracle Worker. Oh, God, we call upon you for your intervention Right now, in people's lives, there are people who are calling out to you. There's people who are calling out for help and for mercy. And I pray that you would show up in the nick of time. I pray that through some of these tragedies, you would make it abundantly clear that there is a living God and that he intervenes, that you are a God of miracles. You are a God of victory. In Jesus' name, we pray that you would reach down and protect and, and, and rescue the helpless, Lord, those who are stranded today, those who are hurting, those who are wounded, those who are afraid. In Jesus' name, church, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Can we give God a praise and a shout out for what he's going to do? I want you to know this morning I'm giving a message that I gave last November, and I just feel like it needed to be repeated. So if for some of you, if you heard this message last November, you are free to, to get back to your nap and do what you need to do. Um, but it, maybe if you're watching online, it's a great time to go get a, a cup of coffee. But I, I just feel like we need to revisit some of the things that we talked about in November uh, just in just what we've been going through. So I've entitled today's message, in a, in a Boat on a Stormy Day. In a Boat on a Stormy Day. And we have had lots of storms here, thunderstorms this, this past year. It's kind of crazy because my in-laws live in northern Minnesota, and they've had like zero rain. My father-in-law really likes to cut his grass, and he's cut it three times since Memorial Day. And, uh, and they are just as dry as all get out. And here we've had so much rain. And uh, a few days ago, just a few Wednesdays ago, we had those tornado warnings. And that was kind of crazy. And our dog, our dog Macy, a little shisu, uh, you got to watch how you say that. She, uh, she could get a job for first alert. Because she will alert you if there is a thunderstorm within a 100-mile radius. Not so much during the day. But in the middle of the night, 
She needs to make us aware. It's a 100-mile radius. She needs to let us be aware that there is a thunderstorm coming or there might be just a, a slicker of, uh, of lightning or something. So she says, well, anybody else have a dog like that? Aren't you just blessed you have that dog, that middle-of-the-night dog that just needs your attention? And then last week we saw it in Tennessee, 17 inches of rain. In the city of, in Tennessee, the 17 people were lost still looking for, for people. Four hurricanes have hit the Atlantic Ocean, and now we're on number five, Hurricane Ida. And, and uh, they're, they're, they're saying 150-mile-per-hour winds. I'm praying that God would just let that dissipate, dissipate. And I, I, I want you to know, by the way, if you've not heard already, we work with an organization, a ministry called Convoy of Hope, that responds immediately to situations like this. Years ago, I had the opportunity to go and work with some ministries at, at, after her, Hurricane Katrina, and I'm telling you, this ministry is making a difference. And I just want you to know, this is not a commercial, but I just want you to be aware that at times like this, we want to participate. If you would like to participate in helping people with this hurricane that's coming, uh, you can do that by giving to Convoy of Hope. And just put that in an offering envelope here, uh, in, in a pocket chair in front of you, or you can also give online and just write down Convoy of Hope, and it will go directly towards that ministry. Hey, earthquake in Haiti, and then right after that earthquake, Tropical Storm Grace falls upon them. 10 to 15 inches of rain just dropped. COVID seems to want to make a comeback. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Afghanistan. Ah. The crisis that is happening there. And just the thought of, of people being stranded there. It's just, it just grips all of us. It grips all of our hearts. Storms of life. A few pastor friends of mine have been, I mean, in serious condition with COVID. Serious, serious condition with COVID. It's friends who just still need prayer to be delivered. Two friends of mine in the fight of their lives with cancer. One who was just declared cancer-free, and now it's returned. Two friends of mine struggling with the loss of a spouse at a very young age. And then we go through storms. We go through internal storms in our, in our lives, in our, in our lives. Sometimes those storms are our children, whether they are young or adults. The loss of a loved one. Some of you are here today or maybe you're watching on, online and you can definitely resonate with the loss of a loved one and the pain that goes through that. A marriage. Sometimes marriage can be painful. Health, finances, depressions. You see, this is what happens. These are storms. And storms have this ability to create this internal tension within us. And you know why? You know, you know why storms bother me so much? Not because of my dog. <laughs> storms bother me. I think the thing that bothers me the most is I can't control them. I can't control necessarily the outcome. I can't control how I respond to them. Just get that this morning. Let that stick with you. I can control how I respond, but I cannot control the, the storm, and that bothers me. Is there anybody who's ever felt that way? Frustrated because you can't control the storm? Here's what I know. 
Here's what I know. If you are alive today and you are breathing, you are going to face storms. You're going to face storms. So what do we do in the midst of a storm? I want to talk about that today because Jesus gives us this example. He tells us a story of a storm that he was engaged in, and he gives us some insights. I'm going to talk about that today in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. Jesus, it's in the evening, and after a long day of, of ministry, Jesus decides, you know what, I would, I would like to do, guys. You know what, let's go, on to the, uh, 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 go across the Sea of Galilee and so these experienced fishermen, remember these people that he's surrounded with, these disciples, they are experienced. And so they get into the boat, and, and Jesus decides to do something. He's going to take a nap. You know, it's been a long day of ministry, and he's just wiped out. I mean, I know when you've worked at, at your job place, and you just get home, he's like, God, man, I just need to take a nap. And typically, in the Sea of Galilee, this they would say by a typical sailboat, it would take about two hours on an average day. But into their trip, all of a sudden, up comes this raging storm. And in the Sea of Galilee, if you know the, the surrounding landscape, it is, it is just known for the raging storm. Just by the way the valley sits and the mountains and the hills sit around, and it just seems like it all goes into the sea. And so when a storm comes up, a, stor a storm comes up. And it said that, they, they, that the waves were so intense that it was, it was beginning to flood the boat. Well, that's kind of a, a creepy situation. And in the meantime, Jesus is still sleeping. <laughs> that catches my attention. So these experienced fishermen, they're fighting for their lives. Jesus is in the back of the boat sleeping. And so they decide, let's do something about this. Let's ask Jesus. Then they, they, they wake him up. Jesus, wake up, wake up. Don't you care? This is what they say. Don't you care that we're going to drown? Don't you care that we're going to die here? Notice their urgency. And if you, as we get on with the rest of the story, you'll see maybe the not so much urgency of Jesus. Doesn't that just bother? Can, I, can we just take a time out here? Doesn't that irritate you about God? And I just, why is it that my need is so urgent and it just doesn't seem like he's as urgent as I am? Okay? So I don't, I don't want to get in line for the complaint department, but that might be a question that I have when I stand before my father. Probably not. <laughs> but then the Bible says that he then rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. You love that, and then it happens. The waves just, the wind. Everybody, just, can, we, can we do that? Yeah. How many of you've tried to do that to your spouse before and you got smacked? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> and then he asks this question: Why are you afraid? And then in another translation, he says, "Where." is your faith. And then he was telling them, after all the miracles, after all the miracles that you have seen me perform, you have the Son of God in your boat, and you are still afraid. They asked this question, even after all of this, they, at the end of this story, they asked the question, who is this man? That's, that's a great question, isn't it? 
That's okay. And can I ask you, just as a side note, have you answered that question yet? Have you, do you have peace with the answer you have about that question? Have you ever gone through an uncertain storm before that was completely out of your control? So I believe in this story, Jesus gives us some insights. If he was here today, I think he would say, all right, here's, here's a few quotes, a few quips to write down that he might be speaking to us through this story. So if you want to write that down, I encourage you to follow along in your notes this morning because I would keep this one around. Because I would keep it around for one of those stormy days. Because I think sometimes we need to go back to those, what would Jesus say? This is one of those, what would Jesus say moments to us in the midst of our storm. So here's the first thing that I think Jesus would say to us. Number one, I think he would say, join with me in your journey. Join with me in life's journey. Mark 4, 35. Again, let's review this story. It says here, as, Jesus, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake together. You see, life really is a journey, isn't it? We are all on a journey. And, and whether you believe in God or not, all of us are on a faith journey. And we know that life has its highs has its lows, it has its blue skies, and it also has its storms. But know this, God's intention, listen to me, if you get anything out of this message today, God's intention from the very beginning, if you go to the very front of the book, you will see God's intention for mankind, for all mankind, God's intention, his desire for you, for you who are watching online, God's greatest desire is to have a relationship with you, that you would invite God into your life journey. Have you ever, have you ever had one of those, decision, those relationships before? You see, each and every day, listen to me, each and every day you make that decision. That's what a relationship is. A relationship starts with a decision. It's a decision. I will let you, and I'll let you, and I'll let you, but I won't let you in. I might shake your hand and be nice to you, but I'm not, uh, it's not going to work between us. It's a decision, right? And, and that's how it was when you were dating. No, 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 no. And then you found that one, yes. Yes, I want to have a relationship with you. And I, I love that passage. This is not in your notes, but Revelations 3.20, if you want to write that down. I love the imagery that it gives, where Jesus talks about this picture of this man, and he's knocking at somebody's door. And he just wants to come in. And he wants to have a meal with him. He wants to be friends. He wants to have a relationship. And that is the imagery that God gives to us about his son, Jesus. That for each and every one of us, for those who are watching online, maybe you're just, you're so far from God, but you feel this internal something going on. That's God knocking at the door of your heart, wanting to come in. And you make that decision. You make that decision. God's greatest desire for you is that you have a relationship with him. Not only you, but God's greatest desire for your neighbor, for your coworker, for the people who are in your life. God's greatest desire is to have a relationship with you. I, I've heard this so many times. I've heard this statement 
going to, visiting with people in the hospital, maybe visiting with people in a funeral home who've just gone through the biggest storm of their entire lives and they never saw it coming, and they'll make this statement, I cannot imagine going through this storm without God in my life. Can you say that about God? If that storm was to strike you today, could you say that? Are you, are, is he with you? I, I want you to know, listen to me. The storm you're going through today, you do not have to go through alone. You have the ability to invite the God of the universe into your storm. So the second thing I hear that Jesus is saying to us is, number two, you will, you will face storms and you cannot always control them. You will face storms. You will face storms. Mark 4, 37, it says, But as soon a fierce storm came up, and high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. This, I don't know if you're reading this right, but this is a desperate situation, even for experienced fishermen. And by their, by their response, you can tell this is desperate. This is really getting to be a tough situation. They may have never have experienced a storm like this before. You know, I have met people before, and I'm sure you've met people like this before, who they, that sudden storm comes up for their lives, and it just completely rolls them over. Completely rolls them over. And, and so the, a lot of these people, I've seen people who have completely walked away from God. The very one that they should be running towards is the very one they run away from in the midst of storm. Have you ever met somebody like that? Maybe that's you. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you've been down that road and you tried to run from God and you blamed him for all of those problems. You see, here, here's, here's what happens. They have fallen into the trap. They believe that the Christian life, if I become a Christian, I become a Christ follower, that, I, that all of my problems will go away. I will have no more storms, Okay? I don't know if you've ever believed that before. I've met some people who love Jesus with all their heart, but they'll say, you know what? That's when it seemed like the storms increased. The storms increased. And I want you to know the Christian life does not make that promise. It doesn't say that the storms will all go away, but it tells us that we have a Savior in the storm. He does promise us that. There's some people who believe and they've fallen into that trap. The reason why I'm going through this storm is because of something that I have done. God is judging me, and this is all condemnation, and that's why I am running from God. And I want you to know neither of these are true. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus clearly tells us. He tells us that, I, I, mean, I need to keep this clean here. I, there was a bumper sticker a few years ago, and it said, blank happens. Anybody ever seen that, that, that bumper sticker? We'll, we'll, we'll change it up. We'll keep it clean here. And we'll just say that life happens. Jesus tells us that life happens. He says this in John 16, He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Listen to me. Listen to what he says here. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. You're going to have difficulties. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have sickness. 
You're going to have storms. There's going to be accidents. There's going to be tornadoes. There's going to be fires. There's going to be divorces. Storms. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. A lot of people, if I just pause here for a second, a lot of people get caught with this one. They get struggled because if, if, if there was such a loving God, why would he let all these terrible things happen to me? I, I, I'm going to be doing a sermon series, not next Sunday, but starting the rest, and I don't know how long we're going to go, but we're going to talk about questions. Questions that people have about faith in Christ. Why, why do these things happen? We're going we're to attempt to look at the Word of God and look at maybe try to find some answers to these questions. I would encourage you to invite a friend who might be asking you questions. Maybe you're online, and I, I want to encourage you to just make sure in, a, in the next few weeks, pay attention to maybe address some of these questions that you're dealing with. But Jesus said this in this passage. He says, I'm giving you a warning. I'm giving you a storm warning. There are storms that are out there because we live in a sin-filled world. And I'm going to talk about that in a few weeks. And in a sin-filled world, there are going to be problems. And I want you to know where there is sin, and this is a tough one. Somebody told me this years ago, but where there is sin, the innocent will suffer. But then Jesus tells us we will have storms, but we can have peace. There are going to be storms, but we can have peace. We can have peace in the midst of our storms. Even in the midst of the storms, God gives us peace. And I know this because he tells us in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, again, not in your notes, but if you want to write that down, Paul says this. He says, do not be anxious. You ever been anxious before? Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, that's why we stop here and pray, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and then the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this Paul tells us here that if you are feeling anxious about what's happening in your storm, the apostle Paul tells us, he tells us what to do. If you're here today, you're watching online, and you're feeling anxious, the Apostle Paul gives us clear direction, and the first thing he he tells us is, be aware of your anxiousness. Are you anxious today? I'm going to just be honest. This week, I've been ah, just wrestling with anxiety, and like, ah, I don't don't like this, and I want to fix this, and I, I can't control this, and Sometimes that raises up, and anxiousness, and you know what anxiousness does to me? I don't know about you, but I found in my life it paralyzes me. <sighs> paralyzes. And so the apostle saw, he said, beware. Okay, when that happens, let that capture your attention. Because now it's time, when anxiousness arrives, there's an action step that we're to take. When you are feeling anxious, the next thing that you do, you recognize, I got anxiousness in my life. That's a time for me to pray. That's a time for me to go to God. I'm going to go to God. Why am I going to go to God? Because God's word tells us that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we can think or even imagine. That is the God we serve. Do you believe that? So when we feel anxious, that's when we need to go to God. 
when we're feeling anxious. When, when, do, when do you go to God, by the way? Just kind of clear, clarify this. When do you go to God? When you're feeling what? When you're feeling anxious, you go to God. And so when we go to God, that's when we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. And it, and it sounds like it's more than just prayer. It's like, okay, now I lay me down to sleep. No, 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 this is petition prayer. Paul talks about petition prayer. This is like going deep. I got some deep prayers. There's, a, there's some prayers that Michelle and I, on a daily basis, we are petitioning. Okay, remember when, when Jesus talks about that widow, he kept going back to the judge and just keep, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. That's petition prayer. I'm gonna keep on knocking. Lord, I know you know this, but I, I'm just gonna bring it to your attention one more time. Oh, God, I trust you. God, I believe you. There's petition prayer. And, and, and Paul tells us here that it's down those times of anxiousness that we need to pull out petition prayer. We need to push you know what push is? Push prayers. Pray until something happens. Push prayers. And then he talks about, and by the way, make sure that you're giving God thanks. With thanksgiving in your heart, present your request to God. And you're just, during your prayer time, you're saying, God, I just give you praise. Each and every Sunday morning we gather here for those who are ministry leaders on Sunday mornings. And we just, we want you to know, we prayed for every chair this morning. We prayed for each person who is in this room. I don't know if you know that. You've been prayed for. We've been, we've been praying for you. And then we gather together after our prayer time, and then we just give God praise for what he's done. Because we know that God hears. Even I love that song, even when we don't feel it, he's working. Even when I don't think it, or if I, how's that, I don't know, feel it, uh, even when I don't see it, he's working. It's an attitude of, of thanksgiving. And so I, I, Paul gives us the antidote for anxiousness. And we need to engage in that every day. So let's walk in God's peace in the midst of our storm. So again, we're talking, what would Jesus say in the midst of our storm? I think the third thing he would say from this story, when life's uncertain, I'm there and I care. When life is uncertain, I'm there and I care. Mark 4, 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? The one who created the wind and the waves is right there with them in the boat. Think about that. The one who created them is right there with them. I, I told this story last November. It just really sticks with me. And I think it's a great story in times of anxiousness. There is a, the story of this Native American Indian tribe and they go through this ritual and, and with, their, with their, young child, their young men. And this is kind of a, a passage into adulthood, into manhood. And what they'll do with this, this young man is, is they will, first of all, get him and they will, they will swear him to secrecy. They were not to, to share with anybody about the experience, with their, about what they're about to go through. So that young man has no idea what's going to happen to him that evening. And so they will blindfold that young man. So he cannot see, and they will walk him out into the middle of the woods, and they'll take him to a tree stump, and they'll sit him down. And they'll give him the instruction, young man, you are to stay here all night long. You are not to remove your blindfolds whatsoever. You are to just sit still. You're not to make any noise. 
You're to be still. No matter what happens, you stay right here. And when you finally feel the warmth of the sun on your skin, you can take off the blindfold and you can walk home. Oh, young man, 13 years of age, (laughs) in the middle of the woods, probably cold, blindfolded, not knowing what what was that sound, what was that noise, wanting to to lift up the blindfold, wanting to cheat, but no, I got to stick with this. What's going on around me? What was that noise? You know, I think I heard a growl. Is there bears out here? Are there coyotes? Are there wolves? What is out here? Are there, is there a stranger who's going to come out and kidnap me or hurt me or harm me? Anxiousness? After a whole night of just, ah, oh, uh, finally feels the warmth of the sun on his skin. Takes off the blindfold and looks around and sitting right next to him is his father who's been sitting with him all night long. And I love that story because it reminds me it's the same as this boat. I want you to know this morning if you're going through a storm right now, and I know you may not, you feel like you got the blindfolds on, you can't see it, you can't feel it, you don't, like where is God? I would, I just want you to know this morning that God is right there with you in the midst of that storm. Jesus tells us this. Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, he says, and be sure of this. I am with you always. I just want you to look at your neighbor and just say always, always. That means all the time. That means he doesn't abandon you when that storm comes about. He knows all about your storm. He knows all about the troubles and and the anxiousness that you're going through, but he is with you always. There is no passage that changes on this idea and that he is gonna be with us even to the end of the age. He's there till the end. God's status has not changed. And I want you to know not only is he there, but he cares. 1 Peter 5, 7, not in your notes, but Peter tells us, and cast all of your cares on him. You can give your cares. You can give your storm to God. Why? Why Why would you even think to do that? Because God cares for you. I want you to hear that this morning, those who are watching online. God cares about you. He's there, and he cares for you, whatever storm you're going through this morning. The fourth thing that I think Jesus would tell us this morning, there is no storm he cannot calm. There is no storm he cannot calm. Verse Mark 4, 39, it says, When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Did you see that? Should we do that again? Don't do it to your spouse. Don't do it to your wife. Calm. Waves. Flat. Be still. Can you, can you just imagine being in that boat when that happened? What just happened here? <laughs> oh, my word. How many of you right now are just saying, God, would you please do that in my life? God, would you just be still? If anything, Lord, would you just do that to my heart? Will you just give me peace in this storm? And so, 
the, the fishermen, I, I find this interesting, the fishermen, I, you just kind of get the sense, they tried everything. Whatever you do, don't wake up Jesus. But man, oh man, I'm not sure we're going to survive. Why is Jesus always the last resort? Why do we do that? Can I, I'm going to be honest and answer that question for Sheldon. The reason why I do that, and I do it so often, I'm just going to be real with you. I got a pride problem. Is that, is that okay for pastors to confess that? Is that is Mike, is that all right to do that? I got a pride problem. And so many times I just think I, I can fix this. I, I'll take care of it myself. And it catches me every time. <laughs> I always find myself, okay, God, I'm, I'm really ashamed now. I should have just went to you first because I really made this worse. <sighs> Jesus is in the boat right there with you. And Jesus tells us this. He says in Luke 1.37, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. Listen to me. I don't know what storm you're going through, but nothing is impossible I got it. Have you ever received an impossible phone call? I got an impossible phone call from a young man by the name of Ryan Onstead. Ryan Onstead was in our youth group in our first church ministry in Bemidji, Minnesota. And he was the squirreliest dude. He, he was the squirreliest kid. He would run around at youth convention with his friend Dylan Duffy. And they would go up to girls and flirting with them all day long and like, hey, can I borrow a quarter? Hey, can I borrow a quarter? And so a bunch of girls squealed on him because they got a whole pocket full of quarters in their pocket from flirting with girls. And I said, Ryan, Dylan, come here. Say, hey, in a few moments, there's going to be offering time, speed to light offering time. Every single quarter goes in the offering, gentlemen. I loved Ryan. Man, he was good, though. He was smooth. Ryan in his 30s, uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And man, it was moving and stages and living at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Man, it was tough. Got a phone call from Ryan the other day. Hey, I know you've been praying for me. You've been saying that on Facebook and stuff. I wanted you to be the first one to know I am cancer-free. I am cancer-free. And he said this to me. He said, I know I was a little squirrely in youth group, but I want you to know I heard you. And the things that you taught me in youth group are the things that helped get me through that season. In fact, I have been able to minister to so many other people in their time of storm. Man. Because you, you, you look and you think, that's impossible. But no, with God, all things are possible. I'm telling you, if God can, if God can heal Ryan Onstead, he can heal your storm. He can intervene in your storm. Because why? Why do I say that? Because nothing, nothing. It doesn't say some things, it says nothing is impossible with God. I'm almost done here. I think the fifth thing that, that Jesus would tell us is this, based on this story. Again, I'm just, I'm just dissecting this story here a little bit. Trust me in your storm. 
Mark 4, Mark 4, 41. Then Jesus asked him, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. And again, there's two questions we need to answer as we walk away today. So we face our storms, two questions we need to answer. Well, I think we need to answer this question that the disciples are asking. Who is this man? Who is Jesus to you? Because there's a bunch of ideas out there. There's, a, there's this myth that it was just made up. The story that it was made up. No, and then there's some, like, no, no, he was a legend. He was real, but, he, you know, not everything is true about him. But some things were true. He was just a great teacher. He was, you know, okay. You can fall in that category. I get it. I understand what you're saying. Are there some people who are like, no, he's the real deal. You need to answer that question this morning. No, seriously, all of you. Because it, this, the answer to this question will shape the rest of your life. Who is that man? Who is that man? And then in a, in a different version, the question is asked in the New Living Translation. The question is, second question is, where is your faith? Who is that man, and where is your faith? And I'll tell you this, again, my confession, uh, so many times my faith, if I'm answering that question, my faith is in myself. Can I just be honest with you? Put it out on the table. It's in my finances. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sometimes I put it in. I don't know. Sometimes I, people put it in their intelligence, in their strength, in their abilities. And again, we're like, well, don't wake up, Jesus. He's sleeping. He's busy right now. I'll take care of this myself. Some people put their faith in their government. Some people put it in their health. We, put it, we can put our faith in all kinds of things. But Jesus is asking, where is your faith? In the middle of the storm that you're going through today, or the storm you're going to go through, where is your faith? Who is this man, and where is your faith? I, I, I watched a news interview here kind of a few weeks, about a week or and a half ago, when in Afghanistan, one of the pilots, they were interviewing him from one of those big C-17s. Is that what they are? The big ones. And they're only supposed to carry like 200-ish people, and they crammed 800 and some people in that. He's like, man, I... I, I just wanted to save as many people as I could. But those people, they needed to trust me. They, they, they're the ones they needed to make that decision to get on that plane. They may have never been on a plane before, but they needed to trust me. And that's what Jesus is saying to me. He's like, listen, I'm, I, I know you're stranded. I know you're in a storm, but you gotta trust me. Will you take that step forward? Will you put your trust in me? Will you put your trust in the, and put your confidence in I am who I say that I am? Will you put your confidence in I can do what I say that I will, will, will do? Will you put your heart and your trust in me? In the midst of a storm. In a boat on a stormy day. What are we going to do? I think Jesus again is telling us join with me. Get connected with me. Start there. Start with your relationship with God. Number two, understand you will face storms you cannot control. Just accept that. It's okay. Understand when life's uncertain, 
God is there and God cares. When there is a storm, (laughs) there is no storm that he cannot calm. Trust him in the storm. I believe that this message today, again, we're just kind of in a, a storm of like bang, 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 things are happening. I think this is an encouragement, I hope, for you this morning, those who are watching online, for maybe this storm you're going through, or maybe this is a message that you need to share with somebody else. So this morning as we close, I want us to pray. And if you're here today, and I, I, we don't have prayer leaders just yet here, but if you, you say, Pastor, I, I'm going through a storm. I'm going through a storm right now, and I, I need some help. I, I need to call Jesus. We, we just lift up your hands. Nobody's looking around. I just want to pray for you. This is, you, when you raise your hand, it's just faith. You're symbolizing your faith right now all around this room. Maybe you're watching online. We want to pray for you if you're going through a storm. In Jesus' name, all around this room, online, people are going through storms and Lord we are assured that you are there and that you care and so we are calling upon the God of miracles we call upon the Lord of the impossible to make all things possible in Jesus name we pray that you would cause these storms to dissipate We pray that miracles would arise. We are praying for the Ryan Onsteads who are out there just calling out to you. We're praying for the stranded and the brokenhearted today that you would be their rescuer in Jesus' name. We are placing our faith in you. You are who you say you are. You will do what you say that you will do. In Jesus' name, all around this room, storms are being lifted. In Jesus' name. I want to also address those who are here today and go back to that point that God wants you to join him in your life journey. And if you've never done that before, I want you to know Jesus is always only a prayer way. And you can call out to him today. God loves you, but you have a sin problem. Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for your sin problem. All we need to do is accept him. All we need to do is believe and receive. So if you'd like to do that this morning, just say, God, I need you. And I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins and renew me. God, I'm opening the door of my heart to you. I want to know your love in a greater way. I want to live this life journey with you today. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. And we talked about this last week, that when anybody prays that prayer, that all of heaven rejoices. So can we just join with heaven right now? That heaven is rejoicing. That you've given your life to God. You've given your life to God in Jesus' name. And if you have given your life to God today for the first time, I want to give you something that's going to help you in your faith journey. It's going to help you to grow. And this is what I, it's called a New Believer's Bible, a New Testament. But it's more than a Bible. There's study notes in here, and it's going to give you instructions. Where do I go from here? Not only that, but starting here in just a few weeks, we're going to have a life group here on Wednesday nights that I'm going to be leading, and it's going to be talking, and we're going to talk about where do I go from here. And if over the past, this past year you've given your life to Jesus, but you feel stuck and you don't know where to go next in your faith journey, I want to encourage you to participate in that life group. Amen? God is good. God is good. Where else do we go in the midst of these storms that 
it's in the name of Jesus where there is victory. Amen. Hey, this is Sheldon Miles here, pastor at Thrive Church, and I want to thank you for watching this video. And if it impacted you in any way, I want to encourage you to do three things. First, become a part of the Thrive Church family by subscribing and following us. Make sure to join us on our Facebook page every Sunday. Second thing is share. Share with your friends, coworkers, and the people around you. The final thing, consider partnering with us financially. If this ministry is impacting you, I would ask you to pray about what you can give to help us take this message to the entire 715. And as always, we want you to know that you are welcome, accepted, and loved here at Thrive Church. And remember, you were created to thrive. We'll see you next week.